0: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Are you awake? Are you awake? Well, I, I want you to be awake, and hopefully I can keep you awake, right? Because I know that you, you have a long week of work, and, and then you come, and then uh, Saturday can be busy because it's time to catch up on work, right? Yeah, uh, in the house, and then you do that, and then you and then you come to Sunday school, and sometimes, you know, I have to admit, sometimes I've been, and man, I'm just worn out for the week, right? And so I'm glad to see everybody here, glad to see people I've met. I haven't met some of you yet, but please, uh, I'd like to come by, and, or you come by me and meet, and, and meet us, and, and we'd love to get to know you, tell you a little more, and we'll tell you more in the uh, service hour. I'll give you my testimony in the service hour and uh, whatnot, and, and uh, so I'm excited about that, but uh, if you go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 12, while you're turning to Acts chapter 12... You can go ahead and get there. I have to say that God has really done a work uh, in our lives since we've been on deputation. Uh, I'll, I'll testify that God has really answered prayers uh, that we've had. Uh, taking a step of faith, leaving the job I had, and and being on the road full time, and, and seeing God at work. And uh, there's a man uh, you probably know. Uh, uh, he uh, his name is Paul Chapel. You know down in California and. Uh, once he said that during our church's first building program, uh, we saw firsthand the power of corporate prayer. And you think uh, prayer works? You, know, you come here and you pray in the morning, uh, maybe you have a Wednesday night prayer meeting and, and Bible study and whatnot, and and I tell you what, the God has really worked in our lives and we said, hey, we need, we have this coming up, or there's something has come up, and we need you to pray for us. And so we, we send that out to everybody, or maybe they see your prayer line. Somebody sees your prayer letter and they're praying for you. Then they can come back and tell you what the Lord has done, and that's exciting, right? And so uh, uh, Paul said that they had some corporate prayer. He said, uh, uh, from the beginning of the project that they had, they encountered a discouraging stream of opposition. Now, sometimes you come to God in prayer when there's discouraging times going on, and things are going on. You're you're asking uh, for something to happen that, uh, man, you know you can't do it yourself, right? And so there's this scourging situation going on, and uh, everything from plans to budgets seemed to take longer than we had anticipated. Uh, we, uh, when we finally broke ground, we were thrilled. And so, uh, but the fact is, uh, through all this, there was problems. And then uh, they, one day, one afternoon, a salesman from a pew company came and left a sample pew for uh, Paul Chapel and his church to, to show their congregation. Uh, and then the Sunday, that Sunday night, He explained to their church family that they would place the pew and a clipboard in the middle of the new building, and he asked their people to come when they could throughout the week and kneel at the pew and pray for the building program. Uh, And so uh, as time went on, he said he still had the papers that the people signed uh, and and whatnot, but uh, uh, this season of prayer was the turning point for our building program uh, when they decided to do this coming. And I come uh, throughout the week and pray about the building program. Within two weeks, a man from our community approached me about the building. His son was a subcontractor and had told him about uh, our lost financing. He loaned us 200000 to keep the building moving forward, and, and uh, we began to uh, contracting the building ourselves, and the work continued. Today, this completed building stands as a testimony to the power of uh, Sinjeric S- 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 uh, pr- prayer uh, for, for the people coming together and praying together. And you see, it's uh, through that uh, that he uh, he said, you know, that uh, things happen because people were coming together in prayer. And as we've been on deputation, uh, things have come to people have come together, whether it's at their home churches or whether it's uh, people coming together uh, two to three uh, together praying for our needs. And it's very important. Uh, you hear prayer letters, you hear things that are going on, and then we, you know, it could be weeks later, it could be months, it could be a year later. You hear back and. You see how God is at work, right? And that's special because you can't be there, but you can pray for the people, right? You can pray for your missionaries, right? And in Acts chapter 12, uh, it's no different here in Acts chapter 12. Uh, if you want to, if you want to say a title to uh, the Sunday school hour, there's there's value in prayer. There's value in prayer. Now, because you are just getting awake, right? I'm going to probably get some volunteers here this morning because uh, then you get your blood flowing, you get up, and you move and and uh, you can uh, do that. And uh, I want to thank a Pastor, by the way. I want to thank uh, Pastor White and his wife and Grace Baptist and the Ben Dixon family for hosting us and, and taking care of us, our accommodations and, and all the food and whatnot. But uh, yes, so uh, chapter 12 in Acts, uh, I'm going to need some volunteers here this morning as we go through this. And I'm going to need somebody to be Peter here this morning. Uh, and I know one of the young ones will want to be Peter this morning. And what about you? Could you be Peter? All right. Well, What's your name? Glenn. Glenn will be Peter this morning. Okay. Uh, we got Peter over here, uh, but now we need somebody to be Herod. Who doesn't like Glenn can be Herod? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, who wants to be Herod this morning? Anybody going once? You got to have some volunteers. Anybody? Man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking at you. What's your name, sir? <laughs> Andre's going to be Herod. So, Andre. We got Andre and Glenn. We got Peter. We got Herod, I'm probably going to call you Herod later on, so, but uh, I'll call you Peter later on, but uh, yeah, they're at opposing sides here right now, okay, so so we got Herod, we got Peter, uh, we're going to need a couple soldiers, a couple soldiers. Uh, anybody want to be some soldiers here this morning? I'm sure you do. What about some of the young, younger ones again? All right, what about you? You look like a soldier. Come on, what's your name? Yes. I'm sorry? Dazen? Kazan, alright, Casey, come on up, he's going to be a soldier, anybody else want to be a soldier? Alright, going once, going twice, we got to have more than one soldier, you know that, right? It says soldiers, right? It doesn't say soldiers, so, anybody? I'll have to volunteer okay, what about you in the glasses right there? <laughs> I saw you were kind of glancing away, so I caught you, <laughs> alright, come on, alright, what's your name? Andre, wait, there's Andre over there though, <laughs> Well, okay, so that's Andre Jr. then, right? Harry uh, Jr., that's a soldier, so okay. All right, so we got the soldiers. Now we need, we need somebody from the church. We need a couple people to be uh, the church this morning, right? Anybody? And this can be uh, women, girls. This can be uh, men, ladies. Okay, we haven't had any ladies, so ladies, uh, why don't you two come up here? All right, so we got two ladies here. All right, so here we go. We got some church here going on. We got, uh, we got that. We need. uh, uh, Okay, we need Rhoda. Rhoda, where's Rhoda? Now we all know who Rhoda looks like, right? No. All right, we got a Rhoda somewhere. All right. What about you? You look like a Rhoda. I knew you were looking. I saw that that nod. You were nodding, right? I saw that. that. Alright, so we got Nada right there. I mean we got Rhoda right there. Alright. Okay, so I think right now we're fine, but we're gonna need somebody to be the angel of the Lord this morning and uh, you can remain seated at the moment, but we'll need you to, to get up here in a minute. Oh, where is the angel? <laughs> Alright. How about man we need some we need somebody what about you, sir? You be the angel of the Lord? Yeah, what was your Yes, sir. <laughs> Well, you could stay right there for right now. So stay right there. All right. Does, is everybody at Acts chapter 12 now? Acts chapter 12. And uh, what we're going to see here is obviously the value of prayer in this situation here in Acts chapter 12. And uh, do you say that God worked in the prayer in this story here in, in Acts chapter 12? He did, right? And, and so, Peter, uh, if you read with me, we're going to see here in the first few verses, verses 1 through 4, we're going to find the setting of this, this situation, the setting uh, of this situation here, we we read here in verses one. And now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And we have Herod; you're you're active here. You're trying to get rid of the people of the church, right? And and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him to imprisonment. And delivered him to four Quartians of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. I'm going to pray now. I, uh, dear God, we thank you for uh, Grace Baptist Church. We thank you for uh, just the community that they're in to reach the world here, and and uh, and through missionaries around the world. And Lord, I pray that you would be with us in the Sunday school hour and the service hour. I need your help this morning. A uh, Grace Baptist Church needs your help, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would do a work uh, in the services and the Sunday school hour and or just uh, your word would lodge in each heart uh, accordingly to how you want to, uh, people to answer to what you would have for them today. And we're asking for you to do mighty work. In, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we see the setting here in verses 1 through 4. And notice with me first, we see that believers are being oppressed, right? Uh, believers are being oppressed. Here's King Herod. He's vexing certain, he's, he's vexing certain of the church. Uh, he is persecuting uh, believers, uh, and one of those was James. James, what happened to James? Was James just uh, uh, given uh, put in prison? Was that it? Uh, no, he was uh, he was he was killed, right? So here we have bad Herod, right, King Herod, and he's killed James. And so we see for certain that the church is being uh, vexed, is being oppressed uh, by uh, by uh, the king here. And not only is James being uh, have been killed, but Peter. Peter is in hot pursuit by King, uh, King Herod. So here's a, uh, come on, come on, Peter. And here's, here's Herod, okay? Now what I need you to do, Peter, is I need you to kind of just, kind of jog that way, and, and King Herod is going to be running after you, okay? Go. <laughs> All right, so here we have King Herod. King Herod is after Peter. He is in hot pursuit of him, and, and uh, you know what? Persecution is a reality, right? No matter where you are. Persecution is reality. We know here uh, that it's at its greatest form because people are being killed like uh, James and, and, and Peter. He's being uh, sought after by the king here. And, and so we see here in the setting that believers are oppressed. In fact, Peter ends up being put in prison. So where's the soldiers? Are you, are you the soldiers? No, you're the church. All right, <clears throat> soldiers, come on over. Come on over. Go ahead and put him in prison. So now he's in prison. And they're, they're around him, and they're going to they're gonna take him. Uh, he cannot get out of this situation, right? Peter's in a situation, in a dire situation. Would you say that he's in a dire situation, in a situation that he cannot deal with? All he wants to do, he wants to go tell people the gospel, right? He wants to tell people about Jesus Christ, and yet uh, here he is. He's being oppressed. He's being persecuted. And now he's in prison. And uh, verse 4, like we just read, and when he had apprehended him, talking about King Herod, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quarters of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Uh, so we see here in the setting that the uh, believers are oppressed. Uh, but why are they being oppressed? Why are they being persecuted? Well, in verses three uh, we learn that there's motivation to persecute. There's motivation to persecute. Uh, you see here uh, King Herod, it says here in verses uh, three, and because he saw it did what? It pleased the Jews. You know, sometimes persecution happens because uh, there is that uh, point where someone wants to please men rather than God. Uh, now, y- you've heard of that, right? People want to please men rather than God. Uh, you may even see that in a uh, uh, not in the s- standpoint of somebody being killed, a- 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 but you may see it in-, in-, in, a- in a job. You may see it in a corporate world where uh, someone sees, oh, that guy's a Christian. I don't I don't I don't uh, you know everybody believes that uh, everything is great and and you can do whatever you want and I don't want to hire that person oh I don't want I don't want to work with that person uh, because they're a Christian and and they believe all these things that that I stand against have you heard of that situation before and and so that is uh, that is persecution but not in the sense of what uh, Peter's going through right here a- and you see a lot of times people want to please men uh, because they want to keep they they want to uh, uh, they want to keep what they have, and they feel if they if they're if they have any friendship with with a Christian person or whatnot, that they're going to lose maybe business, and they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to lose their company, right? They want to make as much money as they can, so they're going to love. They're going to say everything is great in the world, and any belief is right, uh, so that I can keep as much business as I can. But if I if I have a, a person that's a Christian partner, I got to get rid of him because then uh, then people will like me more. you ever heard that before? And it's a sad thing, but uh, they want to please men rather than God. And King Herod wants to please men uh, rather than God. <clears throat> now, uh, do you think it's important to have your reputation uh, before men first or before God? Uh, it's important to have your reputation uh, to please God first than, than men, right? And so, uh, here we have King Herod. He's, he's wanting to please men, but you know, certainly, not only that, but I believe, as we know, the Pharisees, did they despise Jesus? They despised Jesus and a lot of what he was teaching, and, and they hated a lot of the things he was teaching, and, and King Herod, I believe he hated Peter. Not only did he want to please man, but he just didn't, he despised what Peter was doing. He despised, and so he hated, so that was a motivation to persecute. He put Peter in prison, uh, there's Peter in prison, and then uh, he killed James, and and so the clearest examples of, 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 of hating uh, and, and getting rid of believers uh, is, is, is through killing them or putting them in prison. How many times did Paul get in prison? You know, Paul, and he got in prison a number of times. He got, you think about Acts chapter 16, what happened? What happened with Paul? Paul, he ended up getting out of prison. Now, was it out of himself that he got out of prison? Uh, no, God was at work. There was an earthquake. Peter and Silas got out. And what happened to the jailer? Did the jailer, uh, did, did, did he just uh, uh, try to go ahead and start persecuting the more? What happened to the jailer? He got saved, right? And so in times of hard times, God is at work. Uh, here, there is a hard time going on. Uh, Peter's being persecuted. He's in prison. And, man, he needs somebody to help him out, right? He needs somebody to help him out. So what happens? We see the setting. Uh, but moving on in verses 5 through 12, we see the side effects of prayer. The side effects of prayer, if you're with me, uh, in verses 5, it says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And so where are you, church? You're praying without ceasing, right? And, and so we have them praying here, and, and, and the church is praying without ceasing. It says in verse 6, And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. So act like you're sleeping, yet, Peter. There he is sleeping. Please don't sleep, though, uh, here this morning. So he's sleeping, and he was bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And so he is completely shut in. There's no way he can get out. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know the situation, but I don't know. It would be hard to, to be sleeping right now, knowing I'm in this situation. But, but Peter, man, I, you know, he he's sleeping. He's sound asleep. He he must like the pillows they they were giving him, but I don't know. But So here's Peter. He's a... He's asleep, he, he's bound, and, and uh, you know, the, the fact is, is that first we see in verses 5, we see that believers were concerned for Peter. Believers were concerned for Peter. How often were they praying? It was continual praying. It was praying without ceasing, right? Do you think if you are praying for something, a situation, uh, maybe you had this last week, uh, maybe in the last year, or the last month, uh, you've been praying for something consistently, do you think it's because you're concerned about the matter? Uh, have, you, have you had situations where you read prayer letters uh, where uh, your, your missionaries are in a situation they can't get out of and you're praying consistently, uh, continuing to pray for them because you're concerned for them, right? And so the church here, is, they, they're concerned. They're concerned. But, you know, it says it's the church here. Look, uh, ceasing of the what? Of the church. And so it wasn't just one person praying, right? We know the church is is many the the body the local body here uh, they were praying for Peter because they were concerned but they came together they came together to pray for him they were united in prayer just like I, I read in in, the, in the, the the book with Paul Chapel and man they had some situations going on with their building a project and man they didn't know what to do but they came together uh, they were united in prayer and, and God does work when we're united in prayer doesn't he? And uh, so you see here, uh, they are there and, and, and praying uh, for him, for Peter. And so you see here the believers were concerned. But in verses 6 through 11, and we have already read verses 6, we see Peter's deliverance. Peter's deliverance here. Uh, and this is under the side effects of prayer. Uh, Peter's deliverance. We know in verses 6 that Peter is sleeping and he is bound up. Uh, But you know what? It's humanly impossible for him to escape, right? It is humanly impossible for Peter to get out of prison. Now you think about uh, uh, some some of the some sometimes uh, where you hear stories of uh, well, uh, you know, I, I somehow miraculously got out of out of this situation or that. So it may not be prison, but the fact is, is Peter, Peter, there's no way he can get out. It's humanly impossible. But if you read on in verses seven and on. Let's read on. We see that it's heavenly possible for him to get out of prison, to escape. How is it? I oh, will look with me in verses 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord uh, came unto him and uh, came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. So, uh, angel of the Lord, you need to come up here real quick. You need to come up here. You need to uh, uh, do this thing that he cannot do, and that is uh, help him deliver, deliver him. Uh, So here's the angel of the Lord. He's coming, and uh, he's taking Peter out. And in verses 8, it says, And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and and bind up thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith uh, unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. Follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. So Peter, where are you? Act like you're like, Man, I I think I'm still asleep or something. This This just doesn't seem right. Is this really happening? Is this really happening? So here he is. He just doesn't believe what's happening. Uh, And then in verse 10 it says, uh, When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which to uh, to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Now the the angel departed uh, a little before, (laughs) but that's all right, right? That's all right. And so when Peter was come to himself... He said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people, the Jews. And so Peter knew that it was impossible for him to get out of prison, but uh, heavenly speaking, uh, from the Lord, uh, from the standpoint of people praying for him, uh, the fact is that God came and delivered him. And so it was possible, not by himself, but through the fact that they were praying for him, and he got delivered, and now he really is coming to himself that, Wow, this is really happening. He realizes the power of, of the fact that uh, people uh, are going to be praying for him and knew that, uh, uh, that uh, as he goes, he's going to come on, he's going to come to the, the house here uh, in verses 12. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And so we see the side effects of prayer, the fact that believers were concerned and they were praying for him and that Peter was delivered. But what about the sweet answers of prayer? Uh, the sweet answers of prayer. We see the sweet answers of prayer. And it, 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 as Paul has, has come to himself, I mean, Peter has come to himself. Peter uh, realizes what's going on. And, man, he, 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 uh, he's ready to testify, is he not? He's ready to testify. So he's going to whose house? Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark in verses 12. Uh, many were together to, uh, praying. Okay, church, pray. All right, where's Rhoda at? Rhoda, she's been quiet all this time. And uh, so we need you to come over here. All right. Uh, oh, Peter, come over here, please. All right, this is, this is you're going to be knocking right here. you got to knock somewhere. You've got to make a noise here, okay? Oh, wow. So Peter, he's excited. in and, and Verses 13, as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. Rhoda, you come over here. All right, you're, the door's not, you know, there's a door right here, though. And, uh, okay, and when she knew Peter, uh, Peter's voice, say, Peter said, hey, it's Peter, Peter. Hey, it's Peter. <laughs> okay, so we have Peter here, uh, and, uh, 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 and then it says, when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. So go tell the, the church is praying what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now she's, uh, she's telling them that uh, Peter is at the door uh, but how did they react to the fact? It says in verse 15, And they said unto her that thou art mad, but she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. Uh, but Peter continued knocking. Come on. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. See, they were, they were astonished. <laughs> and so, uh, but he, he beckoning unto them uh, with the hand to hold their peace declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. And so here we have the sweet answers to prayer. What are they? The fact that uh, Peter himself was able to testify about the answer to prayer. Uh, he was able to testify to these. And what happens when you see answers to prayer? Or what happened to, to, to Peter here uh, when he saw the answers to prayer? Well, he came to himself, and he realized that the Lord had done this. He realized in verses 12, 11, the Lord hath sent an angel and delivered him out of the hand of Herod. And so he realized that it was true, that God was at work, and that prayer does work, and he saw the answers to prayer. And so Peter, do you think Peter's faith is going to be growing in this situation because of what happened? The fact that people were praying for him, and now he gets to testify to these people, hey, look what the Lord has done, and he's testifying to them, and his faith is growing. So what do you think is going to happen to the church's faith when they hear the answers of prayer? Is it going to go up too? What happened in verses 15? How was their, their faith then? They were doubting a little bit about that this was actually Peter. But when they actually saw him and heard uh, about it, their faith grew. Their faith grew. And so their faith grew. Rhoda, I know her faith grew. And, and they were all excited. And, and Peter was able to testify and do all that. And so how does this play into us today? Uh, lastly, the supporting churches. We saw all. We saw already the setting of this story. Uh, we saw the the. Uh, uh, we saw not only the setting of the story. We saw the side effects of prayer. Uh, we saw the sweet answers of prayer. But we see the supporting churches. The supporting churches. Those that are supporting missionaries around the world. Man, isn't isn't is important to know what's going on and and be able to pray for them? Uh, they were being Peter was being prayed for, and we saw what happened here. But the fact is, is that. Uh, your prayers are valuable, like I said in the beginning. And you can see that because uh, you need to pray for us as a church. Pray for us. Uh, you pray for your missionaries, and they tell you what the situation is. Peter didn't have a prayer letter, right? He didn't have a prayer letter, to but they knew what was going on. They knew he was in prison. And they were praying for this situation. But when you have your prayer letters, and you keep up with your missionaries, uh, and you hear what's going on, uh, more times than not, seeing all the missionaries that you support, you're going to find some that are in dire situations, that are in situations uh, that there's no way uh, they can control the situation. Uh, Peter couldn't control the situation. The only thing that was going to control the situation is God at work through the prayers of the people, right? And so the only thing that can work in the times when your missionaries are in hard times is uh, you coming together praying for them uh, because they can't control the situation at hand. And so as you pray for them and you hear that prayer letter, and then it could be weeks later, or it could be months later, or even a year later, or something like that. Uh, they report back, and they say, hey, well, this is what's going on. And so they, they do that, and then what happens, to, what happens to their faith? Their faith grows, and what happens to your faith? Uh, it grows, and so we are all, uh, we are all growing uh, in, in the Lord because uh, you're hearing about the prayer requests and about how God is at work in answering those prayer requests of the missionaries. In situations you, you know that they can't get themselves out of. Peter couldn't get out of this situation. So as a supporting church, supporting churches, uh, it's important with your missionaries that you pray for us, missionaries. And not only pray for us, but the fact that if we saw, number two, that God was at work in Peter's life, uh, he's, he's going to be working uh, through these prayer requests. Uh, their faith is strengthened. And you know, Matthew 18:20. you don't have to turn to Matthew 18:20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There am I in the midst of them. And so I want to leave you with this, uh, this, uh, this story of our own and our own lives about prayer and the importance of prayer. And the fact is, is we can see throughout Scripture how God works in prayer, right? Well, We see it throughout Scripture. We don't have time for that. But uh, the fact is, is uh, uh, just to give you a testimony real quick, uh, my wife had some uh, dental. Oh, yeah, you guys go sit down, by the way. You can go sit down. The story is done. So you guys go ahead and sit down. <clears throat> Thank you for your participation. See, you stayed awake, right? See, there you go. So, uh, uh, But the fact is that God works in prayer. We had a situation uh, where my wife needed some dental work. And, and, and I'll tell you another request. I mean, another thing that God answered, but I'm not going to do that. I, I need to do that for the Sunday morning hour, okay? I'm going to keep you... Uh, keep you uh, awake here this morning, but uh, but, uh, my wife needed some dental work, and it was about so much money that that we needed to take care of that dental work, so we were just going to pay it off monthly and get it done, and uh, we were praying, though, that the Lord would just take care of it, and it was about a month later, uh, at the end of the year, one of our supporting churches uh, gave an extra amount on top of their monthly support, and it was almost the exact amount uh, of how much her dental work was. Uh, now, that's God at work because people were praying. We told people to pray for us in this particular situation. And we've had that happen throughout the time that we started deputation, uh, how things have come up. And we're like, man, we need, we need, some, we need something to happen here because uh, we're in a situation where, uh, you know, when you're not at home and you're always on the road, things just come up. And so we, we've, we've done it many times. And the, the Lord, uh, he works because he hears the prayer of his people who are coming together. Uh, that are concerned and are consistently, uh, continually praying for the people. And then we get to tell uh, the churches how God worked, And then that, the fact is, is our faith grows and your faith grows. And uh, there's nothing better than that because uh, uh, as we do that, he strengthens us. And we can go out and we can take uh, that step of faith that we ought to take, right? And knowing that God will take care of our needs. He'll take care of us every single day. Uh, we just got to realize that and realize that people are praying for us. I'd be confident in the fact that God will take care of that, and then we get to come back. How many times have you done it where you've had a situation where you're able to tell your church family, "Look what the Lord has done." I'm going to tell you what the Lord has done, and you you get to uh, you get to rejoice, and you get to grow in the Lord, and 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 it's a help to everyone. And so I want to thank you this morning, and I hope you uh, will be here in the service hour. I give you a lot about Ecuador, and I give you our testimony, and I give you a little more. Uh, about what the Lord has done since we've been on deputation. I want to thank you.